Whatsoever you're fired from the film. Make out with girls. There's a whole group of guys who pretend to be making special films. But the fuck is really good, everyone. We're back. Oh, you're saying it this time. Really? Snooze you lose. Really? Yep. You know that's how I get into this. <laughs> All right. You can say it again. All right. Yo, what the fuck is really good, everybody? We're back. <laughs> it's us, the Ion Pack. I'm KJ, and this is Curtis. And we are the hosts of the Ion Pod, which you are currently listening to. Formerly Ion 1 and Ion 2. <laughs> We are now KJ Rothweiler and Curtis Everett Pauly. Ah, uh, you already know. The Life. Simone Films. Mm-hmm. These right. are the these are the lives that we're trying to blossom <laughs> into, everybody. <laughs> we are no longer the Ion Pack, but we are much more. Yeah. <sighs> we need to win more. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck. No good? Um All right. No, that's good. Um all right. Anyway. I'm trying to get this motherfucker to do Sunday night solos. What do we think, everybody? Sunday night solo. I want to get a tattooed on my wrist. I want to do a Sunday night solo every Sunday of every week so that we do not leave you guys in the dust quite so often. Oh, yeah, I was going to do it. We were going to do it on Sunday, but I was at the beach. It's not a dream today. Big fucking surprise. Curtis was at the beach. Actually, Ramley is a big surprise. Really? Yeah. On the beach. You never like on the beach. I went to the beach two days in a row. I know. That's why it was a big fucking surprise. 
Uh, well, I just figured I hadn't gone in a long time, and I figured I'm going to regret it if I don't do it now. I'm just mm-hmm. going to be a couple months from now, and I'm going to be like depressed and looking around and like, why? Why didn't I go to the beach when I had the opportunity? It is. There's a beach there's in a New York beach. City that's underrated as fuck. Maddie always goes. Yeah. She's um, been going since when she was like a teenager to Brighton. Brighton is far. Where do you go? Uh, I've been to Brighton, and but usually Rockaway. Yeah. I, I can't do it for some reason. It's like gross to me. Why? The, I don't know. New York beaches. I'm just like, this is not where it's at. I got spoiled by the New Jersey beach. It's actually pretty clean these days. And Montauk. Um, in Brighton? In Rockaway. Oh, Rockaway's disgusting, I feel like. No. You fuck with it? It's like pretty nice now. And Tilden's really nice. Yeah. Some people, all those like old cats like moved out there. Yeah. No, there's a thing out so there. Like yeah, MGMT that's... moved there. I know. Yeah. Ezra was there like a little while ago and he was like, dude, it's Andrew from MGMT was DJing on the boardwalk to like five people. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a dark reality, yeah. but. <laughs> That sounds like us in about four months. <laughs> <laughs> if things continue the way they've been going. Oh, now nah, we're back, everybody. I wonder um, if it was even like an advertised thing or if it was just like... He's just doing it. Yeah, he's just doing it. Yeah, um, I mean, I guess that's heat. You no, know, but speaking of which, uh, I went to a noise show in Rockaway this weekend. Oh, uh, yeah. That's why it? I went out the first day. Um, Who played? Somebody? It was amazing. It Did was like... Anybody you know or just like... It was just noise show. Uh, this girl, Drum Loop, who was great. And I, everyone was amazing. I forget the rest. I have the flyer. But I want to... I actually am going to get into that. But... You're going to get into the noise show? Yeah, yeah, Because it was actually like... A, get into it. You're talking about but, it. No, but I want to talk about Elephant Six first because it kind of like... They're the part of the same conversation. The motherfucking god Lance Bangs. Big fucking shouts to Lance Bangs. Producer of the new Elephant Six Recording Company movie. Called the Elephant Six Recording Company. About the record label Elephant Six Recording Company. Um, featuring such bands as Neutral Monk Hotel, Elf Power, and Apples and Stereo. And Olivia Tremor Control. And Olivia Tremor, Tremor Control, that's true. And Circulatory System. And Beulah. And Of Montreal. Lance Bangs, we should say, is a big fucking legend. Yeah. Shooting lots of jackass, shooting lots of music videos, producing. Mm-hmm. Like, he's he's been around for a lot of stuff. He's been yeah. following around bands, filming them since, like, the early 90s, I feel like. And he's, like, he's seen, he's kind of seen it all. So... Yep. The bull reaching out, yeah, I'm and inviting us to this. Uh, the I guess it w- was the opening night of this yeah. new movie at IFC, which you should go see. I think they're still playing it. They hopefully. are, yeah, they're playing it this week. So get out there if you can. The movie. Um, oh, also, Michael Stipe was uh, sitting right in front of us watching the whole thing. Yeah, we were there with, with fellow with legends like Michael Stipe, David Cross, David Cross, and Guy Picciotto, which is insane. So true. Yeah, to me. Yeah. That one's really insane. Yeah, I mean, Stipe, too. It was just, like, really, uh, it was, like, insanely goaded people. And um, the movie is... A special film. Is a special film. Um, it was actually really inspiring. I think we both have been pretty fucked up since we saw it. Um, yeah. It, it, like, honestly really remixed me. It, like, rocked me to my core. It kind of, I mean, it's like, it's music that we've def- we definitely love. It's, it's maybe not like our favorite scene of music of all time or anything, but like it's music that like meant a lot to us. Yeah, we I love Neutral Milk Hotel. I loved Olivia Tremor Control. I never like went too deep into the rest of it, but. That one Olivia Tremor Control album is fucking amazing. Yeah. That Black Foliage, is that what it's called? 
Uh, that's one of them. But no, you're thinking probably thinking of Dusk at Cubist Castle. Oh, that one yeah. is so sick. But I have been just ultimately just ripping Neutral Milk again. And yeah. It is so good. Um, great production by the God. The Apples and Stereos Bull. You know him. You love him. He's the Brian Wilson of the Elephant Six Recording Company. Robert Schneider. Robert Schneider. Not to be confused with Rob Schneider of yep. Adam Sandler fame, but Robert Schneider. And he gave an incredible performance. Very moving. Yeah, an incredible q and It was honestly one of the most insane. If anyone in this God's green earth goes to fucking as always. It is Rob it's Schneider. It is Robert Schneider. <laughs> like, this guy... Sweetest, sweetest guy I've met in a long time, too. Yeah. Couldn't have been nicer. And just, like, t- totally a brilliant guy, and that really comes across in the documentary. And, um, and he's also, like, randomly a professor of mathematics. Now. Yeah, I mean, this guy this is just, like, like yeah, he's just on a level that most people are not on. Um, but I didn't really know that he was sort of, like, the, like, the, I mean, he wasn't really even the Brian Wilson. He was, like, the fucking, what's the producer guy's name that did all Phil this? Spector. Phil Spector. Yeah, I mean, he was just, like, he was just, like, the mastermind of it all. But, yeah, and the thing... The thing that was, uh, he said a lot of stuff in his Q&A that was amazing, but like something that really struck me is he was like, money? Like we were never thinking about money. In fact, we were thinking about the opposite. We were trying to make less money because we wanted more free time. We were, we were trying to get, we were trying not to get jobs so that we didn't make money so that we had more time to fuck around and record yeah, music all It was day. literally just like the entire, the hustle was actually to make to just like have as little time as possible dedicated to going to a job so you had more free time. And there was never any kind of like, it, from what he said and what came across in the documentary, it seemed that there was never any motivation of like Fame upward trajectory or, yeah. in a real way. And, and you know, I'll say, I don't even think we're as pure as those guys, but like there was a real like romantic purity to the, their pursuit of art. No, that, but that's not, well. That's kind of why it fucked me up. Yeah. Because it made me think I was not a real artist. <laughs> well, because these are guys... I'm, I, I'm serious. These are guys who are moving to, like, Athens, Georgia, and Colorado, making, like, tiny, like, brilliant indie records with no real idea of becoming rock stars. And, like, visually and superficially making zero attempt at being a rock star. Sure. Do you know but, what I mean? But though? also, like, something he was talking about is, you know... Doing this kind of 60s indebted pop in the early 90s at the peak of grunge was literally the least cool or sexy thing you could have done. It was like... the, And he's not saying that as a flex. He's, it, it actually is like no, the thing they were about. They were trying to... Like, do this sunshine liked, 60s pop. And the culture at the time, young people at, like hated their parents' generation's music. They hated the boomer stuff. And they were their whole thing was rebelling against it. And it all came out of kind of like... Yeah, it went from like REM and Husker Du and like alt birth of alt rock in the eighties and to what became the nineties and Nirvana and then it was the grunge explosion. This was in like ninety three, peak of like grunge explosion. The way and in which grunge Beatles esque stuff. That was like the worst thing you could have done. Like I know, but the way that they the way that the grunge like the like he talked about fuzz for like fourteen minutes. Yeah. He just went on this like but the little grunge flavor in there. The the fuzz of the bass uh-huh. and like the dis, like the angst in the production of the stuff mixed in with this like psychedelic sixties thing. It really is kind of like a special flavor of music that kind of is nowhere else. Like they they have a very specific, unique sound that's pretty awesome. Yeah. That's the thing. Like they all talk about, like, oh, we had like such shitty gear. Like we didn't even know what we were doing. We we're just fucking around. I was like, those records sound 
amazing. I know. I mean, Rob goaded the fuck out of all those records. Like, all the drums and fuzzed up. But like, it's it's so... The low end is so tight and punchy, and it's like... That freak out really on, on fucking King of Cow- Carrot Flowers. I'm like, this goes as hard as Sebastian. I'm like, so this is like the energy... That like some of, some of those moments in the in yeah. in the airplane over the sea reach is like actually like electro style shit to me. Yeah, but just hearing about that kind of like pure rejection of cool and it and I don't know. There's obviously it's so it, it there's no way to talk about this without sounding like trite and like lame. But it's just that thinking of creating in that environment with no you know kind of like internet landscape of music. Yeah. It, it was really like romantic to me. Well, in a way, it's sort of like the inverse of what we just watched with the new Brad Trammell report. Exactly. It literally is like if you go see the Elephant Six documentary yeah. and then you watch Brad's cloud bombing report, like the, we're looking at documentations of like the two inverse yeah. art movements. I would love happening. to show them as a double feature. Honestly, it's pretty. Yeah, I yeah. mean, they're both they're both special films. Yeah. Yeah. But but continuing on the Elephant Six thing is I, I did feel I'm not trying to be like self deprecating or whatever, but just like I did feel like, whoa, maybe I'm like not even an artist. It made me think of the Gallo quote, which I never understood. And I thought it was just Gallo saying his bullshit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where he was like, I'm not an artist and the interviewer's like, What do you mean you're not an artist? And he said, uh, artists do things without purpose. Everything I do has a purpose, yeah. which makes me not an artist. I was like, oh, that's some like weird gallo like No, nah, he's low key, right? But I I now I understand it. It was like seeing watching this documentary and it I mean, the, the documentary so does such a good job at putting you kind of in the headspace and mentality of how these this whole crew lived and how they kind of like yeah. thought about music and art and yeah. how much it just like was there everything. Yeah. It it's just the way it seemed from documentaries, like they're they're just waking up and creating all day, every day, and not even in some like I'm super ambitious way. Yeah, it's actually not at all. It was just in this like, this is just what comes out of me all day. Yeah, like I just like have for the to pure do this. Love of the game. Like yeah. they're like everything's illustrated. There's all these like weird like illustrated worlds they're building. They're like making all this art that goes along with it. The lyrics are crazy. Like they're so. You know, they're essentially like writing novels. Like they're like it's they're yeah. so enveloped in their art. But, well, yeah, it's such a full package thing. Like it's it's so much more than just the music. It's it's like a whole aesthetic. Yeah, no, it was a total ethos. I mean, they literally talked about like we didn't want to look slick and wear skinny jeans and shit. I think maybe <laughs> they said, said that, skinny jeans. I, I think they skinny jeans somebody like no somebody said that in the Q and A. Somebody said something about like we didn't want to wear tight pants and like look slick. Like that was the least cool thing that we could do. Right. He's like, we never wanted to look cool. Yeah. Or be cool. Or make cool records. Yeah, but it was, it was, it was the music, technically, it was like, yeah, at the time. I mean, to be honest, they like, they succeeded. Because like, in a weird way, despite like, loving all those records and knowing they're good, they're, they still have like, a tinge of uncool to them. Which makes them very cool to me. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of indie, though. That's kind of like, even like, pavement, all that shit is like a, there's like, a foot in like, geek. You know what I mean? Yeah, this this stuff feels particularly. I well, mean, like, but this stuff, pavement was just kind of like bookish dudes. This is uh, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is some like weird art, like wearing like like we're building weird sets and like fucking. It just I mean, it's very Sarah Lawrence, honestly. It's so yeah. Sarah Lawrence. Um, no, but I just it it really made me realize like I don't know. I'm sure. A lot of people listening can probably relate. It's just kind of the landscape you live in, and if you like are trying to be ambitious and like 
or not even ambitious, but you're trying to do art in a way where you eventually can do it as a career. Like you can yeah. make money and do it full time. You, it's just a different mentality. I mean, that's just, and then there's no shame in that. It's just, you have to survive. So you want to make it your, you want to make it your livelihood. That's going to be something that's on your mind. It's going to be even subconsciously, as much as you probably try to fight it, it's a motivating factor when you're creating to some degree. Yeah. Not saying like, I need to make this work because that'll, that's what's going to sell. I don't mean concretely like that, but there's like a, an angst that hangs over of course. One, and and you have to think that way. But it really felt to me like this was just pure creation. This just flows out of these people, and and that's like how they have to live. And I was very jealous of it. And I'm sure there's a way to tap into that. I, you know, the reality of having to make a living never goes away. So, you know, uh, who knows how much you could tap into that. But there... I know, but these are people it's who very are making, aspirational making to me. stuff at at all costs. Like they're yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're sleeping on each other's floors. Like they're all living in the same spot. Like they're they're really kind of like ruining the like niceties of life in order to like make this one thing possible. Which well, no, it's just like the niceties of life. Like didn't like fully just don't matter to them. Yeah, no. It's like, like they are just fully in it. Like yeah. I always thought of myself. And there were and kids, we friends. knew kids like that. We knew kids like that growing up. There was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, sure. But I, I always thought of kind of us and people we know as being like highly committed to yeah. the art life as we always say and we are compared to a lot of people but these people are hard we still like care about having a decent life i mean to be fair they're they were pretty young and i, I, I think we, i was more down for that when i was like 22 i but think we just go about it differently i think like aesthetically like I hate to say this, but I, th I think being cool on some level like registers in my mind a lot more than these people. Like, and I'm kind of jealous of how it doesn't affect them so much. I think they think about it, and I think that they're being cool by not by not being cool or whatever. But it is something that I'm like a little jealous of. I'm like they because they've released themselves of that prison, they're more open to kind of like unselfconsciously making whatever the fuck they want. Which I I have. You think about like being cool. I mean, not like, not on the surface. I don't think like, how do I be cool more? But I think like it as an, as an aesthetic or like even spiritual hang up is something like I'm obsessed right. with people who I think are cool. Like I, I think about what I find cool all the time. I like, I think Dean Plunt Blunt is very cool. Right, right, I think right. About, right, like you're talking about like, like the, the aesthetic of work. I think how he like presents in himself everyday and how life. he releases music and how he operates in the world is cool to me. Yeah. In a way, it's actually not far off from a Jeff Mangum. It's a completely different kind of music, but do you know what I mean? It's like it's kind definitely of, not far off. Like they're randomly, yeah. Jeff Mangum and Dean Blunt randomly same shit. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> there is one for the books. <laughs> no one's having that take this week. Um, but yeah, it was just like really inspiring. And ultimately, and David Cross said it in the q and I think that there's like no higher mark of like any sort of art for me. Like there's nothing higher to me than when a movie or a record or, you know, some piece of art like moves you to want to make something yourself. And this was yeah. like, I, I like immediately, I was like, damn, I got to fucking make music again. I was like, damn, I got to like, just like stop worrying about all this bullshit and just like make stuff. I was like, so I was fucked. I couldn't even like... Yeah, Go, you were I, fucked up. I was fucked up afterwards. I was like... We were going to chill with Michael Stipe, and we are like, nah, I'm too fucked up. <laughs> I'm too fucked up off the mangum. Yeah, it did make me just be like, I man, I wish I could just live in 
a small town and just make music with a bunch of people all day and not be a part of this bullshit. I mean, it did remind me of like kind of what COVID gave us in a lot of ways. Like we started doing this then, and this is obviously like not making music or movies or anything, but it's like us doing something. It's like us doing something for the fuck of doing it. And yeah. like, that is why it's like sick. I think I know it re- the thing you got to remind yourself again, like I said, it, there is an anxiety that I'm sure for a lot of people listening, they understand that just doesn't go away because you do have to just survive and you have to like budget your time between jobs and working and all this kind of stuff. And like, that's just a reality. I'm not saying you can get rid of that totally, but it's good to remind yourself that it just, if you let that come to the forefront of your mind in a creative space, uh, it just won't work. You have to, you like, there's no other way to create than to not be motivated by We also need to give big shouts to the actual director of the movie, Chad Stockfleth. Of course, big shouts. It was very. Uh, we were we were going off about just like the way the movie was even structured and like the way in which it felt like the editing structure of the movie felt like what makes those songs and all that music so good. Yeah, like psychedelic, yeah. but like sort of a slow burn, explosive. Yeah, I I thought it was cool because it was like it was a do, it, the do, as a documentary did cover all the different eras and even when they kind of all kind of came to a head and after. Jeff Mangum kind of went into seclusion and that was done and like kind of the Elephant Six moment had passed. Like that was all yeah. covered, but they lingered for so long in the, in like, the early years in the and in the, yeah, yeah. And in the like thick of it. Yeah. Uh, and it was so well done. Like I, I'm like, I, like they gave a disproportionate amount of time on purpose, on, on purpose to yeah. that. And I think that's why the movie works so well. Yeah, big shots of this movie. Because I think like a many documentarians probably would have just oh yeah tried no, this, to evenly space it. No, they could, if this was just a normal like Netflix hot doc, it could yeah. have just been like a brief overview of like a cool scene. But well, you really can also just like, see, I mean, you know, the documentarian's love of subject was very palpable. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a great night. Big shouts to Lance Bangs. Big shouts to Michael Stipe. Big shouts to. David Cross, who knows my poetry professor, Jeff McDaniel, big shouts. Um, <laughs> no good. What are you shaking your head for? Why am I not allowed to say it? Um, wait, no, 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 fuck. Because I was in the middle of saying something. About the movie? I don't remember. Um, no, it was really... It was really... something. Oh, oh, yeah. Then, you know, the next night, I ended up at this house show in Far Rockaway. Oh, the um, house show. None, it was none of the artists were actually like noise, yeah. But it was all you know weird experimental stuff, kind of countryish guy, mm-hmm. some ambient stuff. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like more electronic, like beat driven thing. This kind of like industrial mm-hmm. thing, but it was noise in its ethos. And I was there a drug dealer, and he was telling me like noise in the way that we talk about it. It's like a forum, yeah, more than a genre. It's yeah. this kind of mentality and structure to a show yeah like a diy show that exists as a forum for people to kind of present in this very it's it's weird because it's like one part casual and almost sometimes it can feel like work in progress but at the same time it's like usually very audio visual and like very immersive and very visceral and loud and like so it is there is a lot of thought into like performance and atmosphere, mm-hmm. but it is also just kind of feels like a 
almost like an art school crit or something. It's like you're yeah, like yeah. presenting your ideas in this forum and yeah, yeah. just like two other like-minded people who are there just for, because they love art and music, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, it also felt very pure in a way that, I don't know, it was very refreshing too. I got really emotional at it actually. Yeah, I mean, there is, I mean, you get so saturated and like going to shows you know, in major cities where people are trying to make a name for themselves and like trying to make their thing pop off. And like, they are very career. I mean, they still love music, but they're so career driven that like that energy that you're talking about at that show and in the elephant six thing starts to feel very scarce and it almost feels shocking when you're back in it. Yeah. It really is kind of like, and I've heard and heard from and of other people Especially when they've like had big success, they like have to come back to the underground as some kind of like palate cleanser. Because it's the sickest shit. It really. It, 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 I, I had a thought when I was there, where I was just like, I need to like go to as many shows like this as I possibly can. It like really is like the. It's like the only time I like feel good at a show. I mean, honestly, not to not to pat ourselves in the back, but like Ezra and I were just looking at the old thirty eight pictures from like the first yeah. vault yeah. party, and like it was like fucking Fiona up that like there was no Instagram for it. It was just like we just she, it was almost was Instagram of, even a thing back then. I think it was, but it was like yeah, yeah I guess it was. It I was, was like we like promoted this through Facebook. It was just like we threw a party in an underground subway tunnel with like live techno sets. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like this crazy oh, like man. live rave shit. It was like packed and slammed. It was like hot people there, and it was like an incredible party. But it was it did sort of feel like she was almost fucked up. It was like damn, like what was the point of it? It was like the point of it was like we were throwing a sick yeah, party. Yeah. It was like it was epic. Only, yeah, exactly. But there, there was no real. <laughs> And, was I mean, no, you like, know, we wanted point. to keep doing it. We wanted to like, yeah, build it in terms of like we wanted people more. We wanted to be able to do it to some degree consistently and have people show up. But, but yeah, there was not a careerist. But we were doing it for like we even ankle. we threw the ink party in the bathhouse, and it was that's like, what I'm saying. There was, there was no, no like, like article to follow with like pictures from what whoever yep. the fuck. It was just like we did it because it was fire. Yep, there was a real purity. That I think yeah. is easy to lose as you get older. Yeah, and I, like we're saying all this now as if everyone can relate to us, but uh, I, I bet in small cities, or oh, like no. just not I'm sure. New York, it's this is much more of a thing. Uh, but if you can, you know, start to have it's big and successful as you get if you can like maintain this it's very important. That's the only thing. It's the only yeah, thing if you works. can just keep your finger on this pulse of purity. It, purity is important. It really is. It really is. You can lose it so quick, especially in I a know. major city where like things are hard. And I don't like, and I'm, and then I don't even, say, I don't even say this in a judgmental way, like in some like angry punk way. Yeah, yeah. It's because, like I said a million times, it's like I understand people have bills to pay and they have like futures to worry about, and they. I don't think anybody's mistaking us for the punks at this point. Yeah. But. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It's like I, I I'm not like casting judgment on this. Yeah, no, of course. We all are like trying to have. This is us saying this ourselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is like a self critique. It but it's also it's also like a it's just like a win win because you can't have a career if your shit is fake. It just does, it never works. It never has. Yeah. That kind of in a sort of inverse way brings me to something I can't talk much about, but I can reveal as much I know as the world knows about it, but it is Grant Singer's new movie reptile mm. Patrick, which you will see very soon. Yeah. Um, but I just want to give big shouts to it, especially because it is now giving way to a new rating category. 
Really? For films. Really? I told you about this. Did you? It's not Big Shouts. It's not Insane Heat. That's what I like to call the Big Heat. Oh, right, 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 right. The Which Big is Heat. The Big Heat, everybody. The Which Big Heat. Which is the name of a noir from... Like, it's like a Fritz Lang movie from like the 20s or some shit. Yeah. Um... Which we have not seen. But, <laughs> but Mikey MDC, of course, has seen. Yeah. He's like, wait, you mean like the old noir movie from... <laughs> <laughs> of course. He was like, is Reptile sick? I was like, it's the big heat. Um, oh, no, it's from 53. But yeah, I mean, we're, we'll probably have Grant on here at some point. But Grant is a guy that we both followed and looked up to for a while, like way back in the day when he was doing music videos with everybody, with all the, you know, it's like Sky Ferreira, Deer Hunter, just the whole, that whole crew. Patrick Sandberg, big shouts, put us in touch. and was like, you got to see this movie. It is his first feature film. It's called Reptile, co-written with Benicio Del Toro with like one of the most insane Benicio performances of his career. Justin Timberlake, Alicia Silverstone, Sky Ferreira, Michael Pitt. Mm-hmm. Watch the trailer. It's, like, it's, def- it's one of the trailers that has made me the most excited about something in a long time. But part of the reason it's, I'm kind of coming here from what we were just talking about is that like, I think you can operate in a mainstream way, and it's sort of like what the big heat is all about, mm-hmm. in an artistically valid and also pure way that can be very successful. And it is, I think I've resolved. No, of course like, you this can. This is the actual goal, is this type of shit. Of course you can. This what, well, big heat. I feel like once you get money, it's easier to go back to a pure headspace. You might be like, not compromised in some like corporate way, but just compromised in like, you don't have the same drive and the same angst. That's why so many goats become stale when they get rich. Yeah. But um, it is easier to be more comfortable. Like when you're financially stable, it's easier to kind of just operate from a pure place because you don't have like this thing hanging over your head. Uh, and, but that, but see, that's the crucial part because to get there, you have to like you have to keep, cultivate. You have to keep your head on straight and like yeah. Stay and, true to yourself and, and like kind of stuff. like keep your blinders on as you make work through that like anxious period, you know. What I thought was like really clever and sort of like just really impressed me about it is that like, you know, this is his first movie and he's been making video work for like so yeah, long. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Um, and he really could have gone one of two ways. He could have made like you know an epic art house movie, or he could have you know made something that was like kind of yeah appealed to a niche audience and the audience that I know he has and the people that fuck mm-hmm. with him. Or he could have made something that towed the line between like, oh, our our dads will fuck with this movie, but it's also like Trojan horsing in like Sky Ferreira and like really right. interesting ideas into the writing. And it's this, you know, it's a sort of like PTA, like Fincher, like people who make these big movies, but there's all these actually like real, like ideas that you'll only come across in sort of like an art house world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And when they're, and it's like Radiohead. Totally. It's like Radiohead and PTA. It's like they're the best at doing this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's essentially made this, like, Fincher-level, like, crime noir that, like, operates on, like, every entertainment level but has all of these, like, incredible ideas. And he also doesn't give way to, like, any, like, music video director aesthetic flourishes. It's just, like, cold and hard and just incredibly well-constructed. I well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm excited for us to both have seen it, but... More on reptile soon. Yeah, but it, uh, but it's the bigger thing is that it's the big heat. It's the big heat. But that's the stuff that's the big heat is like that's what that's what I never I've, I feel like I've said this before, but that's the thing that I never understood is like other people I know who come from like 
the weird underground, like noisy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, music and art world are very like confused sometimes. Not when, everyone, but some, when, when, like, when I'm into when I'm like trying to make shit. some like song music, pop music that's like yeah. poppy and has song that's like songwriting based and like kind of structured. Yeah. And I'm like, why is that confusing? Like the reason I'm into weird art and music is because I love art and music so much that I want I went to like the fringes of it. I went to the extremes of it because I wanted to see the most extreme version of it. Same with film. And but that's because I have such a love of the art form and the craft. And yeah. to do something that's kind of like super accessible but also interesting and like all of the it kind of combines the weird, interesting elements with something that's really accessible and kind of classic, you know, that to me is also extreme. That's just as extreme. No, this is my favorite point you always music. make is that like making something that's accessible or pop in some way that works really well is more extreme to you than like the extreme fringes of music and art that we've yeah, explored exactly. and the, through but, school. But it's also I'm into since. it for the same reason I'm into that stuff. It's like because That's why I this like movie those fucked reaches. me up. I'm like, this is so extreme to me. Like making a movie that operates this well on this pop of a level, but right. is so complex and like layered and dark. Yeah. Well, like in an abstract way, it's some like it's some like 2001 or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some exactly. Like someone like Kubrick like knows film and art so well. He like understands. He's like gone to the first. It's like why not make the biggest version of it possible? Like that movie is. I mean, it's not accessible in your textbook definition of the wor yeah. word, but it's also one of the most famous movies of all time, so it's clearly accessible to some degree. And well, it's like why Philadelphia fucked me up when I watched it, because mm -hmm. you think of it as just like, oh, it's a classic like Oscar movie. It's like, it's good, right. whatever. But like, no. It's like, it's first of all, it's the big heat. Second yeah. of all, yeah. <laughs> like making a movie that's that good is so extreme. It's yeah. like That's like performance art to make something that's that good that's, on that level. Exactly. Exactly. That's It's like 8 Mile. It's eight mile shit. Yeah, I mean, I because I always I always taught like I bring up Gone Girl and fucking mm. Social Network to anybody that'll listen to me, but like those are movies that like register as like oh it's like a pop big popcorn movie it's like the Facebook movie it's like oh it's the movie that's based on the book it's like yeah those movies are like so god level yeah, yeah, yeah. at what they're doing. And it, it does remind me of just like an OK Computer or Kid A. It's like those seem just like, oh, it's like it's a sort of like those are just classic albums at that point. I'm like, yeah. go take a listen to fucking Kid. Like, listen to Amnesiac. Tell me if that's just like normal shit to you. Well, I just feel like th this is kind of what I say. And like cause everyone clowns me for like hating on like French New Wave and shit. And I'm I, like, it makes sense to me why you don't fuck with it. Cause but I mean, and, I, and, and it, I, but. no, I clown on it like it's like a part partially a bit, but it's also like. Whatever. If you're into that stuff, you're into it. And if you're influenced by a lot of stuff, I'm sure in this noise way, you like it because it's like subverting the form, right? And it's right. like, but to me, the ultimate goal, yeah, get into the stuff that subverts the form. But if the, if it, like, to me, the most extreme thing you can do is take those subversive elements and yeah. like reframe them into the form. Exactly. That's like the craziest thing ever. That's why I love extreme pop music. And that's why I yeah. love like all this the big heat stuff you know that's like what the big heat is to me it really is damn yeah fuck <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's it overwhelms me at how much i like this stuff yeah i know i know it's like pet sound shit it's just like you know what i mean yeah it's the big heat so that's the real goaded stuff 
I mean, it's like, fuck, I was trying to think of an example that I just had on the tip of my tongue. I mean, it's like, it's not exactly like a Donnie Darko. Not exactly. Because Donnie Darko gets kind of caught up in a lot of sci-fi. It is still great. It's like Small Heat. I think it's just a special film. No, it's a special film, but yeah. the genre is small heat. Yeah, I'm, I guess I'm thinking of the big heat as not really a rating. It's like... It's a whole different category. It's yeah. kind of like grain. Yeah, exactly. It's sort of like we're, we're in a territory that's not even rateable. It's yeah, just like the, it's we're, just, we're operating on a different level. Yeah, so true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Scorsese's got big heat. Like, what are you just going to call... Yeah, that's true. But it's like you call... Yeah, okay. Eight Mile. You wanted to say that's a special film, like sure, but it's like it's, it's the big heat. It's the big heat. It's, it's like it's, it's, it's aiming above for the, the it's aiming yeah. for the fences. Yeah. Yeah. Damn us. Let me think. Eight Mile, Philadelphia, Reptile, Gone Girl, The Social Network. Loki, like the last season of White Lotus, was big heat to me. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It is. That's definitely true. Maybe like not quite, but it was. I mean, like heat is essentially the big heat, like the movie heat. The movie yeah, heat, yeah, yeah. That's, that, yeah, that's the big heat for sure. That's like a big fucking movie with big ass movie stars that like yeah. is operating on an action level, mm-hmm. and is like, and can read to someone, you know, from your family as just like, oh, it's that's an awesome movie. But like, there's so much more at play in movies like I that. I just rewatched Heat. It's such heat. I know. It really does not get better. It is honestly the biggest heat. I know. It it's does the not biggest get heat there is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just admire when people kind of like swing for the fences like that and pull it off because I think it's like, to me, it's just like more admirable than, oh, I know what I was going to say. This is the reason Gus Van Sant is like, even though he's fucked up a lot, is like ultimately probably my favorite filmmaker in terms of his career. Like, for someone, because my first favorite movie when I was younger was Finding Forrester. Oh, wow. Which, and that was before I had seen any of his other shit. Like, I hadn't Mm -hmm. seen Elephant. I hadn't seen Jerry. I hadn't seen Paranoid Park. It was just, I just, like, saw this, like, huge sort of, like, Oscar-nominated, like, basketball movie with Sean Connery. And I was like, but I remember, it was, like, my first, it was, like, the first glimmer of, like, there's these, like, weird, like, ambient sections of that movie, which is, like, a big script. Like, yeah. the Finding Finding Forrester is the big heat. It's, like... I've never seen it. Really? Yeah. Oh! I'm trying to put on a screening of Finding Forrester <laughs> for all the programmers in New York who think they're better than me. I'm fucking... I'm programming Finding Forrester by Gus Van Sant. See what they do with that one. See if, see if that holds a candle to Waterworld. Um... Maybe bleep that out. Um, <laughs> no, no. Everybody's sick. But the idea that someone could operate on... I mean, it's not just Finding Forrester. It's fucking the other one. The Ben Affleck shit. The huge one. Um, the big... His big Goodwill movie. Hunting? Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. Is that the big heat? Absolutely. What are you kidding me? That's the epitome it. of the big heat. When's the last time you watched it? I watched it like kind of like in the last few years. Really? Yeah. And you didn't think it was the big heat? It's sick. It's not my favorite. It's not my. I'm not. I'm not talking about favorite over here. I'm talking about Big Heat. No, I mean like the guy said objectively is it's like because it's like on some Oscar shit, but it it didn't. It's I would not say quite I, as masterful to me. I'd argue that fi- Finding Forrester is a weird one because it really you know it's like it's become the me- like some like you're the man now dog style mm-hmm. meme and it just like kind of seems like a silly movie, but there's like aesthetic 
like you like you can feel that he, uh, the director could make Jerry inside of Finding yeah, Forrester, yeah, yeah. which is like when I can feel somebody's making something that is operating accessibly for a wide group of people, but it's kind of Trojan horsing in these bigger, these like more niche aesthetic influences that are more in line with like accessing the transcendent or the sublime yeah yeah yeah. What, uh, i get so moved by that yeah. i mean michael mann is is in a way kind of like one of the i know i'm trying to i'm trying best. to think of other big heat um i mean like fucking like miami vice and collateral are the big heat like collateral for sure collateral is the epitome of the big heat i love miami vice like don't get me wrong i love it as much as you but it's like that is too it's more of a special film yeah because yeah. it's, it's like it's more of an action movie than the big heat you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the big heat has to be a little more all encompassing. Well, the reason I'm kind of into this idea of the big Collateral heat for sure. is because I feel like this is sort of, in a way, a perfect parallel to our last concept of the raconteur. Yeah, I was, yeah, exactly. It's a very similar concept. Yeah. It's the sort of like, like all, you know, like it unifies people. Everyone, mm-hmm. it's sort of relatable to a mass audience and it becomes this like. You know they're they're still great at what they're doing and working within their medium. There's a great song, great movie, right? But it's like operating for like the masses, yeah, in this way that's artful and isn't just like you know popcorn sellout, whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? We haven't talked about Friedkin since he died. Low key, like Titanic is the big heat. <laughs> well, I was gonna <laughs> say something like Godfather. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's like, but is it Fri- any Friedkin? Something like that. I mean, hmm. maybe like Drive is the big heat. <laughs> it is. You know what I'm saying? I think Good Time is potentially the big heat. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it, it really movies is. like that. Some like Carlito's Way. Yeah. Yeah. Scarface. Mm-hmm. I will say, I mean, that's like what I admire about Good Time is that it, like it, it was the fr- that's like why I like Reptile. I'm not saying it's anything like Good Time, but it represented like. Somebody I know is coming from like a different place and like yeah, a yeah. well-versed background and deciding to make something big that's also good. Making yeah. something that's big and also good is just what the big heat is. Yeah, I guess that's true. And I really admire it because first of all, I think it's scary. You're playing with a big, probably a bigger budget, m- more experienced actors, probably a bigger crew. Like making a movie as hard as fuck as it is to actually like set the stakes that high is such a gamble. And to pull it off is like... Yeah. It's fucking sick. Big shouts, Grant Singer. Yeah, big shouts, Grant Singer. Big shouts, Patrick motherfucking Sandberg. You already know what the fuck it is. But yeah, just to go with more film bro style shit. You got anything to say about Friedkin? We haven't potted since he died. <sighs> R.I.P. Friedkin. R.I.P. Brian McBride. We lost two huge yeah. ones. Yeah. Two big Damn. ones for the both of us. Damn. Curtis and I were falling asleep to end the refinement of the climb by Stars of the Lid. Our I still, year, I still sleep to... Stars like almost every night. Tired sounds. Mm-hmm. And for people who might not even know what Stars of the Lotus is, it's like, I mean, for me, it was like my big entrance point into like the world of ambient music. Yeah. Like post Aphex, Brian, you know, just like, oh, people are making like grand, epic ambient music. Yeah. Um, really like patient stuff. It's honestly a really important thing to kind of. If you're trying to like retrain your brain out of this like, you know, multiple window like fast instant gratification, yeah, iPhone style consumption, yeah, something like tired sounds of stars of the lid. If you actually like sit down and listen to it, is definitely 
or like go on a walk and just listen to it while not looking at your phone. Something like that. You know what I mean? Like I, it's I, actually like perfect for that. I put it on the moment I saw that he passed and I was just like, there's something about those records that I just feel immediately like relieved. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, right. Like this pace. Yeah. Like we can move at this. Like we can just hear the the tones evolve. And like there's huge like orchestral flourishes. Like it's very like epic music, but there's it also has this incredible sense of like the quiet. Like yeah. these quiet, sparkly, beautiful moments, which is I mean it's got a lot of what I love about burial is just like this like evolving almost seemingly non linear form of music that like kind of operates on the pace that it wants to mm-hmm. and doesn't not on a grid. It just feels like it's it it actually is linear in a sense it's it's not it doesn't make the circles of pop music it doesn't make the circles of structure yeah. it kind of just evolves mm-hmm. like life does yeah i mean i could get really like you know woo woo about ambient music but it's i do think it saved my life in a lot of ways his music especially really how did you, how did they think of it it's like some like ambient orchestra like randomly like making those records i'm just like this is delirious <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like we're gonna like make the art and like <laughs> like assemble like a ridiculously huge band to record it. You know what's really underrated? And for us always saying, "How do you think of it?" Yeah. style stuff, ambient music. We actually know how Brian Eno thought of it. Like he like talks about it. Like we like know how ambient music was thought of. Yeah, I know that's true. That's actually pretty underrated. I know it's weird. As I mean. Eno's Eno's the greatest. Eno's the god. I will say, I think maybe I've said this before. For whatever reason, like I've I've moved away from reading his writing because it, it weirdly, he's a little too accurate. Like I don't. Yeah, he's not. He's. It's a very weird thing about Eno is he's like not a spiritual guy. I know. There's something a little cold and academic about his approach. I remember, like, I didn't even really clock that because I love the way he thinks about music. Even it is cold, but it didn't really that coldness never really registered to me. Yeah. Until I read something about how like he didn't like David Sil. I was a huge David Sylvian fan. Yeah, yeah, big shout. When I was in like a phase, I was reading all the stuff about him, and it was. Talking about like somehow people thought like Eno didn't fuck with David Sylvian and it was like they were like making similar they were like culling from similar things yeah, and similar yeah. world music influences and all this kind of stuff. But Sylvian was like this kind of spiritual guru, like hippie kind of guy. Yeah, like yeah, he went yeah. into that mode in the eighties. Right. And then Eno was like the complete opposite. He was like the atheistic, cold, like yeah. academic guy. And I was like, I can't, I didn't really think of Eno like that. I just thought of him as like a yeah. wise I mean, he's an incredible writer. I, I, Guy, I do love but, reading his writing, but there is something that is spiritually different. Right. I mean, there's something also refreshing about reading someone like that who's yeah. very, because they can be more, much more like concise and accessible in their thinking yeah. than like someone who's on, who's too woo woo. Yeah. But uh, I don't know, just reading about like the weird split of him and Sylvian is that, that I was like, yeah, I never thought of that, but that is how he is. Well, outside of like his. Fuck, uh, Langlois. What's it? Daniel Lanois. Daniel Lanois. Yeah, Daniel Lanois. Um, outside of like the like space cowboy ambient shit that they did together, which is like probably my favorite shit that he did outside of like ambient one. Um, my favorite thing about Eno is something that would suggest that he's like highly emotional and highly spiritual is just that like so much of his music is so gospel inspired. Yeah. And like his connection to gospel music as this like unifying spiritual 
melodic. Yeah, and the stuff that he's written about singing and how important it is to sing all the time. Yeah. It's some of my favorite shit he's ever said. That that was like Like he said heat shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, dude, oblique strategies like runs my life. <laughs> I hadn't heard spinning away until like kind of late in my life. Mm. That's you know you know that song. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one that's like top top five. That's like one of my favorite songs of all time now. And it, and it's essentially it's because I love it because it's a gospel song. Like right. it essentially feels like a song that is produced really well that you could hear in church. Mm-hmm. And like to me, like that's like as I mean that's like what I like about ambient music also is that like it feels not that it reminds me of the Catholic Church and that like I'm nostalgic for that, but just like I think like the spirit of what a church might be is something that like I romanticize and like I like. Of course. I mean like the kind of what gospel music does yeah to people i'd say gospel's the big heat hmm. it's yeah for, it's for the people it's big i um i was in my school's gospel choir yeah it was like my school's principal was a baptist and we like went to her baptist church to sing and like those services are like epic they're like four hours long it's epic. like crazy it's the yeah. only time i've been to a baptist church but it was like it was crazy i get it as long as our Healy episode. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, I can't say, like, in church I'm as moved as religious people, but, like, you know, I have that experience. Oh, no, I've, I, I've cried in church mad times. I, I guess I have, too. I haven't been. We're not tradcaths. But that, but that's why, like, I mean, I were I you at the Stars of the Lid show in Brooklyn? Yeah. I mean, that's what that's that experience was like incredibly moving for me. I yeah. know that there's like been a whole movement of like ambient music in churches now by this point. Yeah, but that M- was much like of which we were a part of, by the yeah, way. Yeah. Um, but that one was special. Great. Big shouts to Wendy and Carl. We haven't talked about them. Big in a fucking shouts to Wendy and Carl. Damn, how, we, I I was th- I thought the other day we underrated Wendy and Carl. I saw them pop up on my playlist. I was like, damn. Yeah, we previously ran a little collective called Thirty Eight NYC, and we <laughs> threw some ambient church shows. Ambient shows in church. churches, not ambient church shows. Yeah. Um, different. Uh, we we started their whole shit. Um, <laughs> um, no, but so, do you know what I mean? There was something about that show that felt like, oh, this was like a proper church service. Like this, they were like an orchestra. It like felt like it almost felt like going to the opera or something for ambient music. Mm-hmm. Like it moved. It just moved in like these like very elegant movements. And yeah, yeah. There's yeah. nothing. Like, I mean, also because most ambient shows you'll go to, it's like you're not. You're actually not seeing a lot of live instrumentation. You're not seeing. A group yeah, of yeah, people yeah. playing music together. You're usually seeing a laptop or some sort of like tape deck bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Which is sick too. But <laughs> also, you know, big shouts to the ultimate ambient gospel song, Wealth by Talk Talk. Oh, I mean, that's. Did we end a pod in that once? Remember, we used to like put songs at the end of the song. I know. I forgot about that. I was thinking about that. When did we stop doing that? We should do that on this one. We should like start with an elephant six and end with some ambient. So true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or start with some ambient and end with some Elephant Six. Hmm. What's the right way to go? Elephant Six first. Yeah. Yeah. There's just more heat. Yeah. Um, but also, but speaking of like still more ambient noise style shit, but like I noticed at the, like, yeah, this noise show was not capital N noise. As I said, it was like ambient. There was like this industrial thing. The industrial guy did like a weird cover of In the Air Tonight. Like industrial, wow. and I, and then there was like this kind of noisy country guy. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of it felt like, oh, like abstract music, experimental avant-garde music, 
is leaning more into the world of pop, for lack of a better word, music. Yeah. I don't mean pop is in bubblegum pop, but pop is in structured, written music. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. Maybe it's just part of the zeitgeist. It's just like something in the in the air tonight. But oh, something. Wow. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's like that. That's the collective consciousness shit. That that's like. Well, happening. I, ironically, I've always found noise and ambient shows to be quite accessible. Like, I always find myself... Well, it makes way more sense. To, to It would make more sense live to a lot of people than it does on record. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, like, I never listened to those Aaron Dilloway records, really. But Oh, I did. I mean, I listened to Modern Jester. That one went crazy. Yeah. But, like, there is something about seeing that live where I'm like, this is randomly, like, more what live music is for. Yeah. Like, this is meant to be experienced. Well, so there's also with noise, ambient less so, but with noise, there's, like, a largely improvisational element to it. Yeah, it is live. And, I th- like, I think that's the appeal of it to me is kind of the emotional content and arc yeah. and dynamics of live music, of, like, the best live music. Yeah. So I'm like the ebbs and flows and working off the crowd. And There's a real performance visceral. happening. Yeah, there's real performance happening. And More it has, so than if you go to a band that's just sort of just playing the hits. Right, but as I'm saying, it has the dynamic content of the best live music, but yeah. it doesn't have the songs. But that's why it's so cool. It's like the bare essentials that make live music work, yeah. like ripped out of the body of yeah. and just like presented as they are. It's like that band Man Man that we used to see. <laughs> wow. No, because like they were so bad on on record, but like those shows went fucking crazy. Yeah, I think we also probably might, might not hold up today. I think I'm sure. I'm sure it wouldn't. We but kids. like, in, but in the moment, like no. But I'm just saying, like those guys had like a knack for like making those shows awesome. Yeah, yeah, for those for sure. audiences. And honus, like, honus, dude. Remember honestly, big, dude, big shots to Man Man. What are you trying to knock your big shots at Man Man? Come on, Honus, Honus, the so singer true. of Man Man. Yeah, Philly legend. Big shots to Spencer Krug. You already know. You already know. Well, actually, something I was just thinking of when we were talking about Brian, you know, being kind of cold and academic, and something that's kind of bring, brought me away from his music a bit. I think his music is still really good, but like, I think he's gotten so, he's gotten a little lost in the sauce with the whole generative art thing. Right. Like, I think he's very into making like calcul. He's essentially like when we talk about generative music, he's essentially talking about like AI. Yeah. The AI stuff, people, it, it's, it, it's really sick to me how sick everybody is of AI already. Yeah. It's I'm like, we didn't even have this Gr- long Grimes period. Not of, sick of it. Well, true. Yeah. Maybe I'm just talking from my There's little bubble here. There's a handful of people who are not sick of it. But still, it used to be that everyone in the kind of like art world bubbles would get obsessed with new tech and like make art pieces about it. Like, Till the cows came home, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And now this was like a couple months of the AI shit, and everyone's like, you know what? Fuck this. Well, not all. <laughs> if anybody's been keeping up with the new Harmony Kareen news, oh, he knows that he started right. a. Billy cult. just said he wants to hear us go off about this today. So, I mean, my plan was to read the article in full. <laughs> <laughs> because pull some quotes up. I have. I, I mean, I'm. Yeah, I did. I did screenshot my favorite shit from it. It's so. I, I was tempted to make the art of the episode him in w- w- smoking the cigar, wearing the like weird clown outfit that he's going with now for some reason. Um, I mean, this. Did you read it? Why are you? Uh, what's wrong? It's just like 
it, it, it is, is the, the epitome em- of big projects. This is the most embarrassing thing. You underrate big projects in 2023. This is truly the most embarrassing thing any of my favorite artists has ever done. <laughs> We're back, as you've just heard, for 55 minutes or so. And we still have plenty more to say. There's still another hour left of this episode. And there's only one way to hear it. And that would be by going to patreon.com slash the ion pack and hearing the rest. But not just that, there's so many more pods, videos, etc., etc. Patreon.com slash the ion pack. You already know. Patreon. 